Good morning and welcome to Driving Theology. My name's Mike and I'll be uh, uh, talking to you if you should happen to uh, stay tuned for the next, I don't know, 30 or so minutes. Uh, the format of this podcast, if you haven't listened before, is uh, I drive uh, and talk. And that's pretty much it. Uh, every single podcast, and we're over 70 now, uh, with our team casts and our uh, uh, regular podcasts, we're up over 70. Every, every single podcast has been done in a car while moving, except for one, and that's because I had a, a podcast that didn't record, and I had to, I did it in the car, but I wasn't moving uh, to make up for it. I kind of had to repeat the podcast, and uh, it wasn't at a time where I could drive, so uh, I did did, it in, did do it in my car, but while I was sitting next to a river. Um, not saying that that will always be the uh, format. Maybe uh, uh, more podcasts might be done while I'm parked. I'm sure the uh, background noise would be better, but I do have a uh, a little um, method in my madness, and that is uh, I read and, and have conversations, uh, both uh, face-to-face conversations and, and uh, Facebook conversations about theological and political issues uh, all the time, and I, I, I read, I don't know if I'm a voracious reader, but I do read, uh, at least right now I'm reading every day, there have been times when I... Uh, there have been days when I haven't read, when I've just been tired of reading and wanted to, um, you know, do other stuff. But by and large, I, I read um, books that are recommended to me by by people who I respect, um, and I've even read a few books uh, from people who uh, I didn't see eye to eye with. In fact, uh, I've uh, read a few uh, books by atheists. Um, so, yeah, I, I really try to read a lot. And so the reason I do this podcast while I'm driving is so that I, I don't have uh, access to, to those materials while I'm talking. I want to I be able to, uh, I'm trying to see how much of uh, what I'm reading is actually sinking in. And so I try to express it uh, as I drive. And so... Uh, in, in one way, it's 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 a very selfish thing that I do, um, but I want to I want to hear what it sounds like once it leaves uh, my mind or my heart. I want to I want to hear what it sounds like in a verbal form, all the thoughts uh, and beliefs and convictions that I have inside. And so I, I yeah so I drive. I I have some uh, I have a long commute nearly every week. There's a couple. There's a month in the summer that doesn't happen, but uh, I have a long commute of about 40 minutes, and so, yeah, I drive and I talk during that time, and yes, there's going to be some background noise. Uh, I, I try not to edit um, any more than pushing start at the beginning and stop at the end, uh, just to keep it as real as possible. If I say things that I later disagree with, I'll try to uh, correct that uh, in a sequential uh, podcast, but by and large, I just let it be what it's going to be, and, and some turn out okay, and, and, and maybe make some sense, and, and some maybe not so much, uh, but re- 
regardless of that, you, you can follow the, the process and the progression, hopefully, in my theology. And uh, I think in the back of the, my mind, I might, might be doing this for my daughters as well, so that they will, uh, you know, if I should uh, disappear from the face of the earth at some point, they will know, uh, at least theologically speaking, uh, who I was and uh, uh, what my, uh, yeah, what I was passionate about, what I cared about. Um, and that, that's, in, that's important to me. And I think to any father. Um, uh, and so, yeah. So I've been doing this for, I think I'm getting close to two years. Uh, like I said, over 70 podcasts. So today, uh, man, so much has been going on. So this is uh, September 20-something. I can't remember the exact date off the top of my head. Um, but it is September 20-something. And, uh, 2017. And, uh, man, just so much is going on right now. We're, we're still in the first, I think we're about to finish the first six months of, uh, President Donald Trump's, uh, term. Uh, hopefully first and only term <laughs> as president. I mean, I can say that right now by the way things are going. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, He's, he's always in the news. Man, he knows how to keep himself in the public eye. If, if being president were not enough, I don't think he realizes that just being president uh, is enough. He, he, he's, it's, it's like he's, he thinks people have forgotten about him because he keeps saying shocking and, and uh, divisive things just to stir up trouble, it seems like to me, constantly. Uh, and he's not the only one. Of course he's not the only one. And I am neither a... Republican, nor a Democrat, uh, nor a Libertarian, uh, although, you know, you will see, and you, you may discern, even if I don't, that I, I lean a certain way on certain issues, and maybe a different way on other issues, and uh, I'm not sure what I am politically. Um, what I do know is that right now, I feel called to participate in political conversations, about what's going on in the world. And, and another thing is I live in Japan, by the way. I, I don't live in America any longer. I've been here for 20 some odd years. Uh, and yet, uh, with uh, access to the internet and uh, social media and various news programs, I, I, I do have access to what's going on in the States. And uh, both from, you know, normal citizens who I often chat with and uh, people I follow um, also through books and things like this, podcasts that I listen to. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that's that's what this is and that's what's going on. So, so right now, uh, we are uh, dealing with Trump's calling out of uh, Colin Kaepernick, a, a football player who last season, instead of standing d- during the national anthem, he decided to... to take a knee in support of uh, what he sees, uh, not, not in support of, but uh, actually in reaction to what he sees as uh, systemic racism. And, and I admit I haven't really studied a lot on on the event. I didn't see it live or anything like that, but I've seen the reaction to it. And, and it's been 
overblown. Wow. I mean, the reaction to what went on in a single football game by a single player, uh, you would think, you would think he had, um, you know, burned a flag or, or bombed the, uh, Lincoln Memorial, uh, or, you know, assassinated a president. I mean, by, by the, by the backlash and the outcry, uh, for his simple kneeling uh, at a football game, um, well, I mean, it's just been—it's just been crazy. It's—it's—it's it's, it's way more than warranted. Uh, and so the attacks on him and his character uh, have been coming, you know, for the last year, uh, mostly from the conservative side, uh, and. Now that Trump has brought it up again, he has uh, not only opened a whole can of worms, he's, he's stirred up a nest of hornets. Uh, and I'm not sure he's ready to deal with the backlash because it seems to me that football, by and large, has gotten behind this player. The NFL uh, did their own protest and upheld their right to protest this last Sunday after uh, after Trump's remarks um, and, and owners and coaches and players alike took a knee during the national anthem uh, to, to protest what they see as an unfair attack on Colin Kaepernick and to uphold their right uh, to free speech. Uh, and I think it was just a wonderful thing. I, I, I think uh, it's gonna it's gonna throw a shock into the system that maybe is needed. Uh, the interesting thing is that people that follow football, uh, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would say that definitely a majority of football fans are probably on the conservative side. Football is is right now. Uh, where baseball was, say, 40 years ago. Football has become the most popular uh, team sport in America, I suppose, next to NASCAR, uh, which is also a very conservative uh, sport. But football is, is very popular, and people take it very seriously. And, of course, we're talking about professional football, the NFL. Uh, and things are starting to, to come to light. Uh, first of all, uh, Kaepernick, or Kaepernick, he uh, did not get re-signed this season, so he is out of a job right now. He is unemployed in the NFL, and most people attribute that to his his gesture, uh, his resistance, if you will, um, his his uh, protesting the status quo in America. Most people would say that, you know, he's reaping uh, what he sowed. And in that case, to me, it shows that he's a man of integrity, you know, that he that he is putting his money where his mouth is, that he, uh, you know, he... Um, he is... Um, You know, he's, he's facing the consequences of what he said. 
So one thing uh, that is coming to light is that yes, he's un he's unemployed. I guess officially now. Not that not that anybody's crying for him. He's an NFL quarterback, and he I'm sure he has uh, more money uh, on reserve than than most of us um, will make in a lifetime. Uh, but. Uh, that's one thing. And the other thing is that his character is starting to come to light. That we're starting to realize that he's not a person that was just out for um, his 15 minutes of fame. He was already famous as an NFL player. Uh, and he's out, not out to, you know, just to stick it uh, to, to the white man. He grew up in a, in a white household. Uh, he is, in fact, biracial, I believe, half black and half white. But he was adopted by a white family. Uh, he comes from poverty. He comes from a broken home. He comes from being abandoned by his father and then being adopted by a white family and raised, I think, in Minnesota. Uh, as a, apparently in a Christian family. And he has a very uh, strong Christian background. And, and is a devoted, devoted, uh, publicly devoted Christian. Uh, not so unlike Tim Tebow, and maybe because of, of Tebow's uh, willingness to, to put himself on the line, which didn't come out, turn out well for him either. Uh, maybe that's why Colin, Colin Kaepernick was uh, emboldened to do what he did. Um, but how I see what Kaepernick is doing is he is speaking truth to power. That's how I see it. He is he has um, he has decided to um, no longer sit by singing uh, the, the national anthem uh, in the traditional way, um, but to do it in a way that shows that. Um, that he sees the injustice in the country. He sees it. He understands it. And he he does not agree with it. Now what's happened is conservatives have come by and say, well, he hates the military. You know, he hates the military. He, uh, he hates America. He's against America. He's anti-America, anti-military, and all these things, right? And so they believe that because he protested a very, very quiet, gentle, very understated protest, because he protested during the anthem that somehow he's anti-American. Okay. Now, to me, that would be like, that would be like, uh, uh, and, and I wrote a little piece on this, and maybe I'll read it online at some point might be a nice thing to, to just put out there. I, I, in response to this and all the things I was feeling, I wrote, I wrote a little parable, but it's, it's sort of like being in a family uh, who, who prays for a, uh, prays for uh, God's blessings and thanks, God's ble thanks God for his blessing before every meal, uh, and yet have ostracized one of the family members, right? One of the family members is not allowed to join the family meal. Uh, he is ostracized for uh, for some reason 
that has nothing to do with uh, him loving his family or not. Uh, some, some philosophical idea, if you will, or maybe a political ideal, or maybe a, maybe a real religious reason. Um, but, you know, meal after meal you sit there praying, realizing that there's an empty chair uh, and your family members out there alone, and, and at some point you may not be able to take it anymore, and you you want to tell your father this is not right. He he should be with us. We shouldn't be separated, no matter what our differences are. We should be together, and we should work out our differences, right? Uh, and so you refuse you, you refuse to to sit at the family prayer before the meal in protest. Maybe you stand up, maybe you don't hold hands, uh, maybe you don't close your eyes. What, whatever the custom is, you decide not to do it. To let your father know that you love your family and you honor your family. But if there is something your family is doing that is dishonorable, it needs to be addressed. That's not dishonoring your family. In fact, that, that is trying to restore honor to your family. And that's what I see... Kaepernick is doing. He's trying to restore honor to his family because he feels uh, in the course uh, of uh, the country, in the course of uh, that America has taken down through the years, uh, racial equality has not been fully recognized and implemented. And he's, he's making a simple gesture to say, hey, we haven't yet done enough. And in that respect, I stand with Colin Kaepernick, or rather, I kneel with Colin Kaepernick, gladly. Um, well, what else has been brought out? You know, I, I told you that people have accused him of being anti-military, anti-American. And I, I realize that there's a large, uh, large number of Americans who cannot separate uh, the military with America. They see them as one and the same is sad. Uh, I realize that, you know, he, he's being blamed for being anti, um, anti-military. And yet he gives of his money and continues to give, even though he's out of a job, he continues to give to veterans of the military. He continues to give to veterans of the military. That's one of the charities that he supports. Uh, in fact, it's been shown that he he donates $100,000 every month to various charities and causes. Um, and so the picture that has been painted of him has just been unfair. Uh, and then Trump, the President of the United States, comes on and, and calls him uh, an SOB. Uh, not using the words SOB, but actually uh, uh, not using the acronym, but using the actual words. Uh, and it's recorded and, and, and put out there for everyone to see. It was at, a, at some kind of a rally that he went to speak at. Uh, it just shows how small a man Trump is. He's just a small man. Uh, and he doesn't have the guts uh, nor the sense of purpose to do what Colin Kaepernick did. He's less than half the man. Kaepernick is, as far as I can tell. Now, Kaepernick, Kaepernick is still young. He has plenty of time to 
proved me uh, to be misguided in who he is. Um, and I will be the first to admit when that day comes. But so far, uh, I'm sorry, you know, this is so, so far out of proportion. Such a uh, unjust attack on the character of somebody that this week it's been hard for me to just sit by and, and just uh, oh well, <laughs> silly Trump. Uh, I, I man, it's just frustrating. It's just really frustrating to see what's happening, uh, and the fact that the president, who is a a small-minded, narrow-minded. belligerent, proud, um, arrogant uh, person. This has given power uh, and entitlement and encouragement uh, to all of the same types of people in the country to where they now feel like they have a voice. And so they feel emboldened to to put their uh, narrow-minded uh, opinions out there and, and it's starting to, to tear the country apart a little bit. Um, it's just crazy. Just nuts what's going on. And I've never been this political. I, I think I think this is the most political probably uh, that I've ever been. Uh, and it kind of worries me because I don't want to become uh, just somebody who's involved in the politics of these things. I want to, I want to be sure to remember, uh, you know, what's beautiful about people and and uh, what is beautiful about Jesus. Uh, and, uh, so I, I really need balance, and I, I really haven't been very balanced this week. Uh, but I think there are seasons we go through, and I, I think uh, uh, if we'll listen, that Jesus will call us back, uh, always gently. And always respecting our free will, he'll call us back to a, a more true, more beautiful walk with him. And I hope that comes soon. But I hope it comes soon for uh, President Trump as well as uh, uh, all of the people that he has behind him uh, who are making a mockery of justice uh, and of, of, uh, of America. What I see is uh, some of the great ideals that it's founded upon. I'm, I'm also not blind to the many injustices that have been perpetrated by America over the years. Uh, and, and I no longer uh, idolize America. It happens to be the country I was born in. Uh, but I, having lived outside of her borders for now going on 23 years, uh, I see I see America a lot differently. I see America through different eyes, um, and I I think I see her more truly than she sees herself. Um, and I think that's the the gift of perspective. Uh, it's the gift of globalization. Of, Maybe not globalization, but it's the gift of, of being in another country and seeing how people of that country see uh, America. And I, I was shocked when I first got here that 
people didn't always see America as some white knight coming to rescue the less fortunate countries of the world, and uh, you know that their their fighting of terrorism, which is shopped around as as 100% pure and warranted and, and selfless in the states, actually there are some other you know there are some ulterior motives or there are other things that are going on with all of that uh, that I can see because I'm, I'm at a distance, but Americans who are too close to all of this have a very hard time of seeing. Uh, we tend to see our own country through rose-colored glasses, and I think a, a healthy uh, diet or a, a healthy helping of, of cynicism or skepticism every once in a while is a, is a very good thing. very helpful. Uh, I am encouraged though that that Jesus, the more I the more I read about him and learn about him and the closer I know him, that he, he was political. Not only political, uh, but he he did have a a a habit of speaking truth to power. That when the status quo was crushing uh, the uh, the average citizen uh, un- under a burden of oppression. Uh, that he was not silent on that. That he did speak out. Uh, he did call to account the very leaders uh, who uh, were supposed to be the watchmen of the nation. And of course, these were the, the, the famous Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, the priests and the scribes uh, of the Jewish people, um, who oppressed uh, the people under a, a uh, very strict code of uh, laws and traditions, without any, without any uh, thought to the well-being of the people, but only to the following of the letter of the law. Uh, of course, that's not the only way they were oppressed. They were oppressed economically as well through, uh, you know, the, the tithing that they were expected to give. And the, the sacrificial system was also, uh, had become oppressive at that time. Uh, um, not to mention the you know, other things that were going, going on with them uh, under the Roman uh, Empire. They were subjugated to, the, to, the, to Rome at the time. Um, and so Jesus, Jesus was not shy to speak out for the less fortunate, for those who, could not, who did not have a voice, who could not speak out for themselves. Uh, Jesus did stand up for them. And so, you know, this racism, this, this question of racism, which is, is and has always been, and probably, uh, honestly, will always be a problem in America, it's not right. It shouldn't happen. People should not be judged by the color of their skin. It's a simple, uh, simple fact. And if there is something that, that people who are more fortunate can do to lessen the oppression, then, then we have a responsibility to do it. If we are able to respond, then we have 
responsibility, and that's what it is. We, we have the ability to respond, and therefore we have to. That's what responsibility is all about. Uh, whether that means uh, writing your congressman, maybe running for congress, maybe running for president. Uh, whether it means blogging or, or uh, you know, writing newspaper articles or, or being in, uh, a, a newscaster. Uh, whether it means uh, being a social activist, uh, advocating for uh, um, the the betterment or the or the rights of of minorities, you know whatever whatever it is that is in front of you that you are called to do, whatever voice or platform you've been given, you have a responsibility to use that platform, right? Those to whom much has been given, much is expected. I know that's not an exact quote, um, but you know that's 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 exactly what we're talking about. You know, to to you know those of us who have a ability to res to respond, we're supposed to respond, right? Uh, and so Colin Kaepernick is only doing what he was responsible to do. Now, some people will argue, well, no, his, his employers dictate what he should be doing, right? If, if, if the NFL or his team, uh, if he's going against what they say he should do, then, then he is uh, going against authority, right? Um, <laughs> Jesus against authority. Authority can be confronted when it is showing itself uh, to be oppressive. It's not the right kind of authority then. And let's be honest, what Kaepernick did is such a small thing. It's very nuanced. Um, if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't see it. You know? Simply kneeling. In fact, you could take it as a sign of greater respect for your country to kneel than to stand. Right? Um, kneeling has always been a sign of respect. Bowing or kneeling. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah, I, I think Kaepernick did exactly what his conscience dictated and what his uh, platform made possible. And he risked the very platform he was standing on by his gesture. And that to me is the definition of courage. He put his job and his career on the line for what he thought was the, was the greater good. And if everybody did that, this world will change in a heartbeat. It will change in a heartbeat. So I hope that's what's happening. I hope I hope that is 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 just the opposite of 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 uh, you know going down. I hope that's increasing. I hope that spirit increases. I really really do. I think it's a very worthy. Thing.
that. I realized I had some background noise and hopefully it didn't get into the recording too much, but anyway, it should be better now. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be about uh, what I have to talk about today. And uh, If nothing else, I hope we follow uh, the example of Jesus in all that we do. And that we, we follow his heart. That whatever we do, whatever example we follow of Jesus, we do it from a place of love. really believe if we do that, uh, the world will get, will, 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 will get better, you know, the kingdom, the kingdom message will ring out, um, and I think that's always going to be a good thing, I think that's always going to be a good thing. out against racial injustice or social injustice or gender inequality uh, any kind of prejudice I think I think is is close to the heart of Jesus when you come from a place of love and not not a place of rage and not a place of anger now, I can understand the rage and the anger but I think that's where uh, protesters are getting it wrong in different places uh, they come from a place of rage, rage and anger, uh, which shows in the looting and the rioting that's been happening, and violence that becomes violent, uh, and and that is is far from the heart of Jesus and far from the heart of God. And so, I, what I say is yes, if you're coming from a place of love, by all means, protest injustice. But do it as Jesus would, silently, quietly, with love, uh, yes, with purpose and with truth, but with love. Um, and it's possible. It can be done. Uh, so you guys uh, have a wonderful day. I'm going to sign out, and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, talk to you later.